You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers! Welcome to the inaugural Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast. I'm your host and camp counselor, Derek. I'm going to talk a little bit more about who I am and what that camp counselor title means in a little bit. First, that opening song was Buster by Mo, of course. A quick opening disclaimer for those of you who may have stumbled upon this podcast. Wanting to hear about the rural camps of your youth? You may be in the wrong place. This is a podcast for the music festival known as the Summer Camp Music Festival in Chillicothe, Illinois. And for those of you who are SCAMP veterans, this beginning part may be a little bit redundant for you, but stick around. We've got a great interview today for you and uh, some other exciting things planned for the podcast. Uh, So we'll start off with what is Summer Camp Music Festival. Attention campers, arts and crafts has been canceled due to bad taste. All junior girls are now junior boys. And Nurse DeMarco says that the raccoon fever epidemic is officially over. Summer Camp started in 2001 in the town of Chillicothe, Illinois, in Three Sisters Park, uh, the brainchild of Jay Goldberg Entertainment. And it started in 2001 with about 1,000 people. I was there. I have been to all of the summer camps. There's been 16 so far, and 2017 will be the 17th festival. Each year, I've seen the festival grow. Uh, There's about 20,000 attendees now and 100 bands that play on seven stages over three days, Uh, or four days if you make it to the Thursday pre-party. When the festival started, it was about 15 bands on two stages, so I've seen that grow over the years. I'm going to give you a quick list here of some of the artists that have played at summer camp. Uh, Mo, Umphreys McGee, The Flaming Lips, Willie Nelson, Bass Nectar, Widespread Panic, Tom Petty's Mud Crutch, Big Grismatic, Les Claypool, Keller Williams, Pretty Lights, Skrillex, The Roots, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, Steve Miller Band, Primus, Zach Brown Band, The Avett Brothers, Government Mule, The Wailers, and really so many more who deserve to be mentioned here, but I don't want to bore you just listing off all the bands from 16 years of summer camp. Now that list was in no particular order with the exception of the first two bands I mentioned. Mo has been to all 16 summer camps, and uh, I kind of look at them as the base of the festival. They do close down the main stage, or the moonshine stage, as we'll refer to it, uh, every year. And that said, summer camp would also not be summer camp without Umphreys McGee, and they joined the roster in 2003 at the third camp, and I think a lot of people view them as a co-host of the festival along with Mo. Uh, As I said, the camp is located in the beautiful town of Chillicothe. Chillicothe is about two and a half hours southwest of Chicago, for those of you who aren't familiar with the area. And I believe we about triple the size of the town when the festival rolls around on Memorial Day each year. Uh, The official dates of the festival this year are May 26th, 27th, and 28th. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. However, as I mentioned, there's a Thursday pre-party day, which is a separate ticket. If the three days isn't enough for you, uh, that pre-party day is a good time to get there and stake out a good camping spot. 
Now, if you're unfamiliar with the festival, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of the grounds just to give you an idea of what you might be in for if you decide to come this year. A lot of festivals are car side camping. This one is not, and that's part of what makes this festival special. Uh, you do pull up into the parking lot, and then you bring all of your stuff in. I suggest bringing a dolly, a wagon, cooler that could act as a dolly, cooler with wheels, because you are going to haul all of your stuff for three or four days into a separate campsite. And once you get in the festival grounds, the camping is separate from the stages, and uh, there's a variety of wooded areas, there's open fields. It's really a beautiful grounds, and it's really special that we're not by our cars. It brings everybody together and uh, just provides for a better atmosphere all around. There are uh, no assigned campgrounds other than the VIP camping. Highly suggest that. That offers some really good opportunities for people with a, a bar and uh, just a good location and not quite as crowded. Uh, there's special shows in there. But otherwise, it's uh, kind of a free-for-all in terms of camping. There is substance-free camping, and they're like a family area. And I believe there are some access for the disabled. So let's talk a little bit about what you can expect from this podcast. Now, my plan each week is to do an intro where I give you updates on any summer camp news, any info passed down the line from the powers that be, uh, updates on summer camp. Uh, we're going to talk about the on-the-road tour uh, the Make a Difference initiatives, and some contests. I'm hoping that this will be a useful tool in getting the word out on updates as the festival approaches as well. After this uh, intro from me each week, we will have an interview with someone uh, involved in summer camp, whether it's a music artist or a vendor or other camp counselors. I do hope we'll get some good entertainers on here, so I hope that you'll stick with us through future episodes. Now, as I mentioned, I am a camp counselor, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that with my first guest this week, uh, who is the original camp counselor. As it stands now, we are kind of a bridge between the fans and the organizers of the festival. We uh, do get access into the festival for free, and we, in turn, promote the festival for free, uh, as I'm doing with this podcast. Just a little blurb from the website that describes how they envision this program. They say, every year since 2011, summer camp has searched the country looking for a select few people worthy of the chance to play a bigger role with and at the festival. We believe that Summer Camp Music Festival is like a sleepaway camp for adults, and it wouldn't function without our camp counselors. So that's what the camp counselor program is. As I said, I've been to all the camps, so... Those are my qualifications for uh, running this podcast. Now, that said, this is my first time doing a podcast, first time interviewing people, so I hope you guys will uh, cut me some slack online. But certainly, I would love to engage with all the listeners and talk to you more on the internet. So, as I said, this year will be my 17th summer camp. My first summer camp was in 2001. I was 23 years old. And I've lived in various parts of Chicago over the last 17 years. And I saw a lineup that included Mo, Acoustic Hookah, and The Samples. And those were three of my favorite bands at the time. Still love all three bands. And so I bought a ticket and headed on down to summer camp. Now, I had no idea that I would be going back for 16, now 17 years, uh, let alone starting a podcast for summer camp. Now, part of the reason for that is that podcasts didn't exist at the time, nor did smartphones. 
which uh, made the whole festival a little bit of a different experience. Uh, nevertheless, it was fun to watch it grow over the years. And here we are at 2017, so let's talk a little bit about the lineup this year. We have, of course, three days of Mo, three days of Umphreys McGee. There are going to be two sets from the Trey Anastasio band. Trey Anastasio, of course, the lead guitarist from Fish, uh, Pretty Lights Live, Zed's Dead, Primus, a Government Mule is returning, Run the Jewels, The Disco Biscuits, Grammatic, Mike Gordon, also a Fish. Now, that's just the top tier list from the festival this year. If you want to find out more, you can always go to Summer Camp festival.com and see the full lineup as i said five stages 100 bands uh so many people uh i'm just gonna list a couple more from the second tier here the the claypool lenin delirium i'm excited about everyone orchestra is always fun and i have a story about them in a future podcast kyle hollingsworth keller williams railroad earth uh the wood brothers love them favorite of mine yonder mountain string band will return uh, so those are some of the second-tier artists, uh, and probably skewed by my own tastes from uh, who I cherry-picked from that list. Now, we will talk more about this year's festival in upcoming episodes, uh, but I don't want this episode to go on too long, and I want to have time for everything that I have planned for it here. And we're going to start with an interview with the original camp counselor, the first camp counselor, Mr. Nicholas Stock. And uh, every week we will do an interview, as I said, and after that we will come back and have the Jam of the Week. Now the Jam of the Week is going to be a different selection, live selection, from a summer camp over the years. And we have a good one this week. But first, let's check in with the original camp counselor, Nicholas Stock. So I'm here with Camp Counselor Nick, and Nick was the first Camp Counselor chosen back in 2011, so this will be your seventh year as a counselor, correct, Nick? Yeah, I, although I haven't been back every single year. I've, I've tried to get back about every other year in the last couple of years. And you had a good excuse for missing last year, I believe, right? I had a baby. <laughs> That'll do it. So, uh, yeah, his name is Charlie, and uh, we're, he just celebrated his first birthday, so... Uh, as you can as you can assume, uh, he was very young and very fresh uh, around May of last year. So uh, as we're approaching summer camp this year, we're trying to get our ducks in a row so we can make it back this time around. All right. I, I hope you make it. It's a good lineup this year. I think the lineup this year is one of the best that they've ever had uh, on the summer camp bill, underneath the summer camp banner, so to speak. Uh, summer camp has always been a very eclectic music festival in their ability to combine a lot of different genres and make sort of make everybody happy. And I, I've described it, I've described summer camp as the sort of choose your own adventure of music festivals uh, for quite some time now, because it really is one of those choose your own adventure. If you're an electronic fan and you want to go just follow DJs and see producers and live product acts all weekend, you can totally do that and not miss a beat, not have any downtime at all. Uh, same with same for bluegrass fans, same for jam band fans, same for fans of just, you know, Moe and Humphreys McGee pretty much, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I feel like this year is a little bit back to the basics of, of what I love about the festival too. I mean, with Government Mule and... And Trey, I mean, I, back back to the jam basics, I guess, um, for for my tastes anyway. Getting really close to that early, that, that first summer sessions lineup back in 99 when you're talking about 
Cheese, Mo, Mule, and uh, who else was on that one? Oh, Galactic. Galactic was on that tour, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wish I had been there. Unfortunately, it wasn't I wasn't either. Not. But you know, I did. Get, I know you and I both got back there for the first one. I actually went to the first six summer camps, which is what started my affection. So at the beginning, I was right on par with you, and then I sort of moved to Colorado. So, uh, well, you know, I, I didn't intend to jump right in on summer camp talk, but um, my first question that I'm asking every guest that I have uh, on the podcast is, uh, what was your first concert? Yeah, I have a couple of answers to that because my first my first concert that I actually went to, uh, I think my dad won some tickets from the newspaper. That's how long ago it was, but I was about seventeen, and my dad won tickets to go see uh, uh, ZZ Top with Los Lobos opening up, and so we got to see that show, uh, which was kind of an eye opener uh, as far as just being you know surrounded by that many people just rocking out and having a really good time. Rumors spread around. In that Texas town, baby, about that shack outside the bridge. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you want to go into that home out of the bridge. They got a lot of nice girls there. Number six! And then from there, I got to college and I, I, you know, my, I didn't really get, you know, really hooked into, you know, the jam scene. I actually didn't really know it existed, I guess, when, and this is around like 99, 2000. Um, I went to my first fish show, which would have been Hilton Coliseum 99, my freshman year of college at Iowa. And I got my ticket stolen out of my back pocket. So I never actually made it into the show that night. My brother still never forgives me for that. And I apologize to you, Philip. Um, Nor did he. Yeah, exactly. It was a total new mistake. But what it did was it opened my eyes to this whole other scene that was there. Just the parking lot scene was enough to really pique my interest. And so ultimately, my brother and I traveled down to Florida making Big Cypress our first fish show, which was sort of like a really... Big first fish show for anybody, I would assume. <laughs> We're going to go now to the big Cypress Seminole Indian Reservation in Florida. There was the biggest traffic jam that we know of in the country was caused uh, on what's sometimes called Alligator Alley, which is South Florida's uh, east to west highway. And it was jammed today with fans of the fish going to the big Seminole Indian Reservation to hear a fish concert. My first experience into the, I think, the jam world was probably also fish uh, in, I think, fall of 95 at Assembly Hall in Champaign, Illinois. That was, that's, you know, those Midwest dates, those shows, like even thinking back to like Red Bird and like 98 and some of those, uh, 
some of those earlier fish shows or Midwest shows, uh, well, late nineties mission, uh, fish shows when they're getting really funky. Uh, some of those, some of those shows are really hot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll get back to the summer camp talk here. Uh, Trey is going to be at, at summer camp. So, uh, it, it's always relevant, but, um, so how long have you been a counselor? You've been a counselor since 2011. This will be your seventh year. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the counselor program for those that don't know about it. Well, the Camp Counselor Program is really a way for us to engage people that want to be uh, involved with a festival at a higher level. Uh, Summer Camp Music Festival uh, is one of those events that inspires passion in people, and it inspires passion in people year-round. And so one of the main jobs of the Summer Camp Counselors is to be an ambassador for that festival and just tell people about it and let people know what's going on and, and just be a, a, a positive voice uh, in, the, uh, in the mix for, for Summer Camp. And then beyond that... Uh, you know, you get to do a lot of fun stuff like going out and taking pictures and, 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 and also when you're at summer camp, just being able to, I mean, pretty much have free reign as far as what you want to shoot and what you want to explore and talk about at the festival. I mean, the, the, the summer camp counselor program in itself has truly evolved. It started as a, as a, as a real social media experiment with a, with an actual contest attached to it with a lot of voting and a lot of, um, sort of, uh, discussion and, and whatnot. And, uh, that first year was a, was a really a big challenge to actually overcome uh, uh, getting getting that that final position as the first camp counselor. But I had a whole team of what what it were, were, we were calling CITs uh, behind me. But now you know the, the, it's evolved to where we're all sort of just like counselors now. So there's no real line between any of that, which is probably for the best. It's less confusing, I think. What did you have to do that first year to uh, submit to be a camp counselor? Did you write something? Did you make a video? I imagine video wasn't as uh, easy as it is now. Well, I'm a video producer, so at the time I probably had a leg up in that regard because I, I had a lot of experience doing videos. And so what I did is I did a, a pair of videos. One was sort of a cover letter video where you introduced yourself to get into the running, and then beyond that, then you did sort of this sort of application video where you stretched out and extrapolated maybe on that first one a little bit. Um, people, people did primarily do videos because that's the way that they were engaging their audience through YouTube and different uh, social media channels. And so my video is still up there. You can go find it. Actually, it's kind of funny to go back and look. I don't have a beard in it, that's for sure. <laughs> Summer camp is a melting pot. You have people from all over the country coming together to see and hear live music. And for me, that's, you know, that's, that's what it's about. You know, this is what I do, not only professionally, but personally, and that's why I feel that I am the strongest candidate to be the summer camp counselor. So for real this time, vote for the fat guy. But, uh, but, so, it was just a way for me to try to present myself in the best light. I had just started um, blogging and doing more uh, online content. I guess, I guess I can take a step back and talk about how I got into that. Um, when I was... Uh, I don't know, like it was around 2008, I was starting to notice that there's a lot of um, a lot of things happening in, in social media. We were just moving into that sort of web 2.0 era. And so there was a lot of people that were sharing and, and it was sort of early on in that um, sort of pre-Facebook, maybe, you know, just, just Facebook just getting going and that sort of thing. So uh, 
I was looking down at a shoebox full of ticket stubs. I think a lot of people have that at home, just a just a massive shoebox full of all of these ticket stubs. And and I was like, wow, you know, I really have all of these these great, great memories, but I don't have anything that I concrete really that I can hold on to. So I started my own fat vlog blog, which was just sort of a, a journaling experience about how you know, just my general experiences of my concert going. And if you go back to those early, early writings, they're very, very much personal, very rambling, uh, and very much talking about things like my dog and people that I would meet at concerts and names and just random things that I would put in there. But it gave me sort of a foothold. And now, um, going on eight or nine years later, I, I very much have sort of like a, an AP style of writing and, and, and my photography is, is grown by leaps and bounds. Um, as a video producer, I had that background in video, but in order to go to concerts, you need to shoot photos. So I kind of had to learn that too. And so, be, so all of that stuff was happening. I was very early on in that stage. Um, and, and then summer camp, the summer camp counselor contest came along and I was able to, to win that. And that really gave me a, a big leg up to where now I'm writing for, uh, relics, a magazine and jambands.com. Uh, and they're also the relics.com and, uh, as well as live for live music. And I'm the senior contributor at music Marauders. And I was just starting to write, uh, with music Marauders when I won the camp counselor contest, actually. I imagine you look back at your, your first writings, as I will look back at this very first interview that I'm doing for the Summer Camp podcast, and I'll cringe at the sound quality and uh, the questions I've asked. And But um, yeah, well, that's great. It, it sounds like it kind of opened up a lot of doors. That, that, that kind of brings me to something, and maybe you've already answered this, but um, you said to me that my first year as a counselor, which was two years ago, that this opportunity of being a camp counselor is what you make of it. And so did, did that lead you directly to Relics be, being a counselor or, um, or Live for Live Music, or did that kind of evolve? There was a couple steps in between. I mean, Live for Live Music's only been around for a few years, and so they were kind of a game changer as far as getting a national presence for what I would call a, a blog. Um, you know, but let's take, let's take a step back there. I mean... The thing about the summer camp counselor contest thing is, is that it really is what you make of it. And honestly, if you had told me when I won in 2011, I would still be sitting here with you guys trying to figure out ways to go and help out the fest and go and take pictures there. I mean, I'd probably say that was a little bit crazy. But the thing about it is, is I I envisioned something a little bit different when I when I won in 2011. A lot of people would have went in participated in the contest, fulfilled their opportunities, and then sort of been done with it. But mm-hmm. um, when they first started it, they, they wanted some year-round coverage, and they wanted to follow some of these bands around the country. And, and having these camp counselors sort of strategically placed around the U.S. made a lot of sense for us to be able to get a wide range of coverage uh, with very minimal effort. And, and in fact, they would, they would help us get photo passes very early on. In fact, you know, a lot of dreams came true in 2011. That was the, the camp counselor contest. And then I came back to Colorado and for the first time I was in the pit at Red Rocks and, and shooting on Freeze McGee, uh, 4th of July weekend. So, I mean, that's a big, you know, for me personally, I'm like, Oh, you know, and then sort of things, you know, sort of started to tumble down the hill from there. But, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's all been stepping stones to get to where, to where I, I am now submitting, you know, paid content or relics for, you know, whatever that means. You know? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, you know, just turning around at the pit in Red Rocks 
and having that experience. experience. Shit's died sometime. What are you doing uh, when Humphreys comes out here? <laughs> I won't shoot them all. Uh, I'm probably taking care of a four-year-old. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes. <laughs> Let's uh, go back to the festival. Where do you like to camp? Uh, if, if we talked before. You have a you have a theory on the neighborhoods, right? Yeah, well, so so summer camp has it's funny because we've gotten to watch you and I personally have gotten to watch it really evolve from what sure. where all of the camping was pretty much in the woods and very sparse and lots of room and plenty of room for your hammock and all that yeah. to where now it's it's like a free for all. You have to get there the night before, like five in the morning, get in line. The line's massive, you know. But but we always would uh, call the different areas of the campground by like sort of architectural or residential terms. And so we were like, you know, up on top of the hill, um, you know, in the woods, that's the city, you know what I mean? Like behind the sort of like around where the camping stage is now. Um, That's, that's like the city. And then when you get out in the fields, you know, that's like the burbs. And then you get down the hill where if it, if it rains, all the water sort of piles up. That's kind of like, that's kind of like the ghetto, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you get the VIP. That's like the, that's like the West Chesterfield people, the sort of high end people. But honestly, um, I've been kind of spoiled in, in, in recent years and found the VIP experience at summer camp to be pretty hard to match. I know that the last couple of years, um, the VIP area has actually sold out, which is unusual for i think for festivals i think that's one of the things that the summer camp differentiates itself with their vip bar and uh the 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 amenities they've they've totally opened up i didn't go last year but i went the year before last and they had totally opened up the whole back area of those woods in the vip giving us a lot more coverage uh in that area which was which was nice it's a it's a nice uh place so for me I like to be up the hill a little bit in case there's any rain, but definitely in those woods back in VIP are very nice. Yeah, I've, I've spent, well, I spent all the early years in the woods up on the hill in, in the city as you're describing it um, uh, for, for that exact reason for the rain. And, and they've they figured out the rain a little bit now, too, and uh, the landscape of the whole place has changed a little bit. So it's not as much of an issue. One thing that's never changed, though, was was how packed it gets in the woods. And so when in the early years we had a, a we, we used to be I used to camp with the Camp Dip guys. We called it Camp Dip because they had a big caution dip sign that they had probably stolen from some town. It sounds vaguely familiar to me. So they would they would put the dip sign on the tree back there, and, and that's where they would camp every year. This is in the very very early years. And what we would do to find them because it was so tightly packed in, it was yelled dip. So you'd be like. Dip, dip, double dip, and then you'd hear in the distance, they'd be like, dip, dip, double dip, and that was your dip Doppler radar. That's how you got back to camp, you know? So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I actually spent a little while camping um, right by the entrance to the moonshine stage, and uh, that was a that's a great spot. It's, it's hard to lug all your stuff that far in. Um, but I think now that would be behind the uh, Ferris wheel, so I, I don't even think that's open to camping right now. As yeah, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trek. But, you know, they did open up that whole section behind the tree line behind Moonshine. So oh, actually, moonshine, yeah. there are places, you know, you look at the aerial photos and stuff at summer camp, and there are places where you're like, man, I didn't even know they got that. <laughs> exactly. But you've actually, I, I would actually like to love to get your perspective, because you've actually seen it grow every year consistently. Was it really an organic thing, or did you feel like I did around 2006, that it just got really big? 
Yeah, there were, <clears throat> it's hard to remember what year was what, but there were a couple years when I remember thinking, man, this thing's really blowing up. Um, you know, like, like you said, in the early days, you just, you walked in and you popped your tent and there was no problem. And then it got to be, you know, you have to show up for the pre-party to get a good spot. Well, then so. you don't really want to, I mean, the lineups have gotten so solid on the pre-party that it's oh, like, sure. I would want to, I mean, I had, the Dusters headlined it last time I was there. So you're like, well, why not? Why would I not want to be there on Thursday? Usually it's more a matter of, of work or what's going on out, outside scamp life to, uh, that, that affects that decision. But, uh, the, the perk of being a counselor and, and for the listeners, uh, if, if they're wondering as counselors, do we get, you know, our first choice at, at the site, we, uh, we're usually told to camp over by the uh, church for the, for the first night. And then, uh, so they don't, they don't want us setting up before the area is open to the general public. So, um, then what happens is when they do open it up to the general public, we, run out and set up our tents wherever we choose now. And, and, and uh, I mean, I, I don't, I certainly recognize how awesome it is that we don't have to sit out in the parking lot for an entire day. That line's kind of nasty, especially through the main gate. Um, and last year it rained. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a common theme for, for uh, a little bit of uh, sprinkle to happen on Thursday as we're loading in. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's worth it, and once you get in and get set up, you're set up for four days, and exactly. and Monday is always a very easy, easy out as far as that all goes. There's not a lot of um, there's a little bit of congestion, but everybody kind of paces themselves getting out. It feels like, and so you give yourself a little bit of time and you get out really easy on the on on Monday. Do you have any any other camp stories that you want to tell? There's uh, one in particular that I I want to ask you about if if you don't have any. Uh random stories that you you want to insert for our listeners here oh man there are so many random stories and in fact like summer camp never forgets like unlike vegas where like what happens in vegas stays in vegas what happens at summer camp does not necessarily stay at summer camp and so uh be 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 aware that you know you may be randomly walked up upon and be like weren't you the guy that slept my hammock last year that wasn't me but <laughs> there are other stories um but anyway uh no i i mean for me like i the summer camp, the year that I was summer camp counselor. Now, for me, uh, it had been a five-year gap. So I had my last summer camp. I did the first six, and then I did my last summer camp in 2006. It was sort of a going-away party uh, when I moved out to Colorado. So I lived in Colorado uh, up until 2011 when they had the the, the hmm. counselor contest was announced, and you know it's one of those things where about two dozen of my friends mentioned mess- messaged me and said you should do this. And given my history with summer camp, I thought, well, you know, why not? I'll give it a shot. So that first year um, was just incredible. A lot of stuff happened. I know the story that you want me to tell happened that year, too. Um, but I'll take a step back and talk about the uh, the show, the private show that I got. So along with you winning a camp counselor, uh, con- the contest, initially there was a lot of, like, sort of official things. And one of those official things that you got to do was have a private show at your campsite. And there was, I think, four of these maybe total. I'm not sure how many they've done. And we need to revive this one this year if they have, if they don't do it, at least for the new counselors or whatever. But uh, all of – like, it was like a Sunday night. I had just been side stage with widespread panic. We'll circle back to that. And I'm on a golf cart riding to my campsite. And we pull up at my campsite and – sit down, crack a beer, and Mo pulls up 
on a on the, in, in like a couple of golf carts with Alley Crawl and you know half a cornmeal. I think JP was at JP and Alley that sat in with him, and they just played a couple of songs at my campsite. And I just I've never been so honored and humbled by something in my life. I mean, it was just a really amazing experience for both me and my then future wife. Um, you know, for us to, cause I was still a, a year away from getting married there, but, um, it was just really special for us and we had a really, really wonderful time. And I don't think that, uh, I can ever thank summer camp enough for that. Cause it was just really nice. This is baller. This is insane. Dude, I was just on stage and watching. And how was that? Um, that was pretty epic. I love, I mean, I love Panic uh, and I love those guys and, and having them here at, uh, at uh, summer camp just like sort of like was the icing on the cake for the entire weekend i mean panic at summer camp come on man and now we're headed down the down the trail to my campsite my campsite in the woods for a private acoustic show featuring members of cornmeal and mo i mean where the f am i and what planet i'm taking it to I go back and look at those videos because we shot it all. You know, we were, you know, like Ben, uh, another guy from Michigan, he shot it, and I was able to. He was able to give me that footage, and I edited it, and it's on. It's on search Cornmo on uh, on Facebook. I'm pretty sure I've actually seen those when they were recorded, and I remember thinking, "Man, where was I? What did I go to sleep? What was I thinking?" And that was the thing. Like it, the funniest thing about that was, and it even happened the next year, where where you have this clog of people, and if you know, if you know the trail. Because um, it used to be VIP, and they actually changed it because it gives mm -hmm. access to getting to the Red Barn from from the junction in the woods, and and so uh, that year it was VIP, and people just went in there. And I even told the the guy at the gate, I was like, "There's gonna be probably 50 or 60 people that are gonna want to come down in here, and you're probably gonna have to let them." And he's like, "Well, we'll see." And then, sure enough, there's this clog of like you know 60 people, 50 people. They're just watching this little show happening in the woods. Nobody else knew about it. And I remember going around the rest of that night, going, "Did you guys hear Mo played in the woods? Crazy man." <laughs> <laughs>
the funniest thing about it was was people who didn't realize what was going on because Mo was in between set breaks. I think it was one of those staggered years where it was like Mo Umphreys, Mo Umphreys, mm-hmm. or Umphreys, Mo Umphreys, Mo on Sunday. Um, well, Mo was in between their set break while Umphreys was playing, and so they came over and and played in the woods, basically in at set break. So people were like running down the trail to get. To Mo, when in fact they were passing Mo, <laughs> laying in the woods right there. <laughs> so everyone was just cracking up about that. You know? Fantastic. Uh, so uh, I was I was standing I was sitting in the golf cart waiting to go to that that corn Mo show, and uh, wide I was just side stage with widespread panic. Watched about half of their set up there, and uh, we're watching the guys kind of walk into the their tour bus. So there goes JB, and then. Then Jimmy Herring comes walking up, and it's dark out. And I have this brim, wide-brimmed hat. I could show it to you, but it wouldn't really work for a podcast. <laughs> it's a wide-brimmed hat. I, I actually remember the hat. I, I remember you wearing that hat. <laughs> I'm wearing this hat in the, in the shadows in the front of the golf cart. And Jimmy Herring kind of looks over at me and goes, John, John, is that you? I haven't seen you since all good. He comes running around this little mini barricade and he like kind of bear hugs me and he like starts kind of talking to me. He's like, Oh man, you look fantastic. I'm like, well, I should. I'm like, you know, at least a few years younger than John Popper, but that's, that's what he thought I was John Popper. And I let him go for about 30 seconds. And I was like, you know, Jimmy, I'm kind of too big of a fan to let you go on here. I'm not really John Popper, but now you have to take a picture with me so I can tell this story for the rest of my life, which, which is exactly what I told him and it's exactly what I did. And so the photo is still out there floating around for sure. I'm a I'm a huge blues traveler fan and and have been for a while. So I actually remember seeing you before we ever met, um, walking around because yeah, is that dude that looks a little bit like John Popper? <laughs> yeah, with my face naked, I definitely in that hat, I definitely get that. I would be walking around like Alpine Valley and I'd hear it in the distance, "Hey Popper!" Yeah, with with no beard and and the hat. Yeah, yeah, you, you were asking for it for sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, that, that's a great story to wrap up on. Is there any, um, any last advice you have for, uh, people coming to the festival? Yeah, just, just be safe and be smart and, you know, carpool and, uh, come with friends and make sure that when you're at the festival that you use the buddy system, cause that's always important. You know, you don't want to become Carl. Don't want to become Carl. Where is Carl? Where I have, ne- they, I don't know if they ever found him. Man. Mm. Tragic. So, uh, but yeah, it's just summer camps, uh, one of those places that, you know, once you go, you're kind of part of this bigger family and, and it just never really gets, gets old. I mean, here I am rapidly approaching middle age and I, uh, I'm still excited about going back. So sleeping in a tent for four days. So, you know, what are you going to do? Absolutely. All right. Well, you can find Camp Counselor Nick at uh, Fat Gorilla Productions on both uh, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, do you have anywhere else you'd want people to find you? Just on Facebook. That Fat Gorilla Productions is really my video production company, and so I've been doing a lot more like music production and video stuff lately, uh, and trying to encircle some of my passions into uh, my professional work. But uh, but yeah, I've been working with a lot of different bands. In fact, I got a shoot uh, tomorrow with the new new Master Sounds down at Stanhope Sound. So that's really that's exciting. That'll be fun. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today, Nick, and uh, we'll see you at camp. All right, man. Be safe. All right. Thanks, buddy. Get your cannonball and take it on down the line. My bag is sinking low and I do believe.
Lauren Moe. That was just a little more of the Cornmo set from Camp Counselor Nick's campsite. And uh, there were members of Mo there. There were members of Cornmeal. Of course, uh, now Allie Crawl has moved on from Cornmeal, and she's now with Yonder Mountain String Band. She was there. Uh, it sounded just incredible, especially everyone singing along. So now, as promised, I'm going to wrap up the show with our weekly feature called Jam of the Week. And... We, I'm going to put this at the end of the podcast, so if you're not into the band for this week or if the song's too long for you, you can turn it off now. But let me tell you, if you turn off this podcast now, you are missing out. This week's selection is a good one, starting off strong. It's uh, from May 25th of 2014 from the Star Shine stage at Summer Camp, and it's the Trey Anastasio Band. Trey Anastasio, of course, of the band Fish. And here we'll have tab covering Led Zeppelin's Black Dog featuring Jennifer Hartswick on vocals and I had a chance to meet her at the Everyone Orchestra show at summer camp last year and that was a trip I will tell you all about in a future podcast but for now I will leave you with Trey Anastasio Band covering Black Dog make sure you tune in to the next podcast and we will see you at camp thanks for listening Through my head